0: Please pray with me. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may hear your word with joy. Amen. Our Hebrew scripture reading comes from the prophet Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. This is the New Revised Standard Translation of the Bible. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost we are cut off completely therefore prophesy and say to them thus says the Lord God I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves O my people and I will bring you back to the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves O my people I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil then you shall know that I the Lord have spoken and will act, says the Lord.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. These past couple of weeks, I've been toying around with where best to preach from. I've tried a chair in front of the communion table, I've tried behind the pulpit, which is normally my comfort zone preaching, but it was very weird when I was preaching to an empty sanctuary from the pulpit. It felt a little dishonest in a way. Today I'm going to try something I don't normally do. I'm going to wander just a little bit more than normal out here in front of the pews. And as I do so, I want you to remember that these pews may be empty physically, but that your sisters and brothers in Christ are with you in spirit and in heart this morning. And so picture their faces sitting in those pews behind me, those beloved ones that are in your church family. I want you to do something else for me this morning, too. I want you to try something most of you don't generally do, and that is talking back to the preacher. I don't mean getting sassy. I mean when I have a good point, say amen or preach, maybe laugh at my jokes every once in a while. I like that kind of back and forth dialogue during a sermon. It helps me remember that you are awake out there in the pews, or the sofas, or the dining room tables, or wherever it is that you are this morning. So today, in the safety and security of your own home, I encourage you to practice that. Try it out, see what it feels like. I won't know how silly you look. So that said, how about that Ezekiel guy, huh? Our brother, the prophet Ezekiel, has a vision for us today. Because here's the great thing about the prophets, they're timeless. What God speaks to a broken and hurting world never changes. So in times like this, that means that we can look back on the prophet Ezekiel, and in many ways we can understand his vision far better than we've been able to in a very long time. How many of you Feel like you are in a valley full of dry bones right now. I kind of do. Ezekiel was originally writing to an audience of people who were in exile. They were living in a foreign land, against their will, missing home. I miss home. I mean, not my literal home. I'm actually sort of tired of that place right now. Aside from wandering out to check on the church buildings once or twice a week and record worship, I'm not going anywhere else. And it's making me a little stir crazy. I actually started an Instagram account for my dog the other day because I needed something to do. And he is really, really cute. Uh, It is Pacus underscore the underscore pitbull, just in case you were wondering and want to follow him. Maybe you're bored enough to follow my dog on Instagram. What I miss is driving all over the city for meetings. That is something I never thought I'd say. I miss seeing you all in person every Sunday morning. I miss teaching classes at the jail. I miss getting to know the women there. I miss presbytery committee meetings, y'all. I miss things I didn't expect to miss, like driving over bridges and through tunnels. I miss making unreasonable numbers of target stops in a week. And for those who don't already know this, you will soon enough. I'm not a natural redhead. I definitely miss getting my hair done. There is a grief and an exile and a wandering that we are all doing right now. We had that initial shock of being thrown into exile, learning how to get to the church service online, figuring out how to use virtual conferencing, learning how to work from home with our spouse and our kids, getting ourselves into some sort of new routine in our homes, our church family, our work life, the world. And now we are in that time of wandering in exile. No idea when it will end. Just hanging out here in some strange new place, full of relics of the past. That is what this valley of dry bones in Ezekiel represents that feeling of loss over the past, the way things were. One of my commentaries put it so eloquently, the dry bones represent the dusty sense of hopelessness that the exiles would ever find their way home. The dusty sense of hopelessness. That seems so fitting for what we're living right now. And it's very difficult when you are wandering around in a valley of bones to see anything other than death and decay and sorrow. It's hard to find feelings that aren't that dusty sense of hopelessness. But. Then look at what Ezekiel sees next. God begins to put flesh back on those bones. First, the tendons and the ligaments and the other bits that hold the bones together start to regrow. Then, muscles, flesh, the parts that make us move, start to form back over the sinew and the bones. Soon after that, skin starts to cover over all those pieces and keep all of the bones and the sinew and the muscles and the fat and the blood inside and all of the dirt and the dust outside. No longer dusty, dry, old bones. These bones are now full of life and vitality. They're full of guts. And then God breathes life into this new creature made from the dusty old bones of exile that have been left out to dry and rot in the valley. Can you imagine the surprise on Ezekiel's face at this point in the vision? Imagine the excitement with which he goes and tells people about what he has seen. This exile will end. God has not forgotten us. Look to the new life and regrowth in store on the other side of exile. In Romans, as well, we are told to look ahead. Don't fret over the empty sanctuary. Over the bones of the past, it feels like we can see everywhere the lack of toilet paper in the stores. Don't get so caught up on the what was, the comforts of the physical world we're used to that aren't there right now. Look to what life will be, the life and peace and renewal that we are promised in Scripture. friends. This is our chance to really live out what our role in the world is as Christians. I was just telling my spouse earlier today that preaching this Lent is really weird. Usually during Lent, I'm trying to remind everyone of why we need Jesus. It's been easy to get really comfortable as Americans in the past few decades. We've been living in a really stable country, and I think that's been bad for the church as a whole. Who needs God or a community or a word of hope when everything is fine? This current shakeup, this change in what's normal, this. Exile This valley of dry bones. God can really work with this. So this Lent, I'm working overtime to remind everyone that God is coming. Life is coming. Easter will be here regardless of if it's safe to meet in this space yet on April 12th. It probably won't be. But Easter is not a date. There's a statement that once upon a time would have had me stoned or burned at the stake for heresy. Easter is not a time or a place. Easter isn't the flower garden or frilly dresses or a packed sanctuary. Easter is new life. And at the end of this exile, wherever we find ourselves, whenever that is, We're going to have such exciting new opportunities to come together as a church and to experience and share new life in ways we couldn't ever imagine before. Picture it. Picture this sanctuary. It's a bit of a valley of dry bones right now. There are so many reminders of the past. I can look around and see each of your faces sitting in the pews you sit in every Sunday morning. But you're not there. I can picture Sunday's past when we have laughed together and sung hymns together in this place, meals we have shared. Yet like Ezekiel prophesying over dry bones, we are called to keep worshiping together. I am called to keep preaching. The church is called to keep proclaiming the word of God over the dry bones. Because it is through that witness that these bones will live again. I imagine that it's uncomfortable to grow new sinew and muscles and skin and organs and all of that. Think about how much healing from a wound hurts. Think about how exhausting it is to recover from a surgery or an illness. It's not easy. As a community, we're going to have to go to physical therapy (laughs) and follow-up appointments and really think about our health and priorities moving forward, but it's gonna be worth it. If we, as families, and faith communities, and nations, and humanity as a whole, put forth the work of healing from this, having let go of what doesn't really matter, all that worldly stuff that Romans talks about, and focus instead on life and peace, on God and the well-being of one another, it'll be like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. Think of the power in that image from Ezekiel again. Something that was left for dead begins to figure out how to stick together. Then it starts to get stronger. Then it finds itself clothed in totally new skin, and then, boom, the valley is filled with new life. As we continue to look forward, setting ourselves on God and on our mission to love one another, rather than on the dusty sense of hopelessness, the sense of hopelessness so many seem to be leaning into right now. These bones will live again. These bones will dance again in the valley. Your bones are not dried up. Your hope is not lost. Sisters and brothers, people of God, you are not cut off completely. God's Spirit is here with you. God's Spirit will move in you and through you and will bring new life.
0: Amen.